Shut up and sit down. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 148 of the Fittest Devil podcast. It's the countdown. We actually, shit, we didn't actually announce this on air yet. Uh, I post on my social media, but we are going to episode 150. So we have two more after this. And then Dean is going to be focusing on his side project, The Pump, with our friend Jeb Johnston. And he's going to be so busy with all those other projects. So I'm taking this over solo. And although I haven't said a lot of name yet, uh, we'll be renaming it, but it's the same download stream. So you'll be uninterrupted. So if you have any questions about that, shoot me a message on my Instagram or Facebook. But far more important, we have a guest that I've actually reached out to quite a while ago and I've been following and hearing on podcasts, but we're never able to make scheduling work then. But we've got uh, Roger Lawson, better known as Raj Law in our community. And he, you can't see him, but he's raising his arms in the air. <laughs> he has no and shirt on, which is like, I appreciate No shirt that. on. Trademark. And yeah. Raj is, has been a part of uh, Mark Fisher Fitness for, uh, for many years. Uh, originally, once upon a time, interning at Cressy Sports Performance uh, in, in other gyms in between. But uh, if you guys don't yet know Raj, he's one of the more animated, sweet, uh, just awesome humans that our industry has. And he's someone that we really couldn't go without having on here because he's someone that you do really need to know about. So welcome, Raj. Oh, look at you with the great intros. It's sweet. He's love sweet. that. He's never said sweet ever. So that's, I don't know. You better be good. I appreciate that. And also, since they can't see, y'all are jacked. I didn't realize how not jacked I was. <laughs> that's until good. I, <laughs> this is perfect. Pete Dupuis, Thanks for having me on. We, a mutual friend, obviously. But he was, mm. he was like, yeah, you guys, like, there's some podcasts. I won't, I won't sue everyone. He's like, you guys look like you lift, which is like a plus in this industry. I was like, yeah. We do. <laughs> yeah. So just just for context, if anybody's not familiar with it, so I'm uh, I'm six two and usually fluctuate between two fifty five and two sixty relatively lean. Dean is Dean. What are you? You're about six foot two and usually walk around between two twenty and two thirty. I'm six, but I'm you're like only six. I thought you're thirty right now. Sometimes yeah. two forty. But Dean is actually infinitely stronger than me. Like Dean's best lifts. I think you've got a what a paused four forty competition bench oh. press, and you've like deadlifted over seven or some crazy shit like that. Not anymore. I'm like I'm, I'm thirty two. <laughs> we're talking about like like peaks and valleys. Like I'm on the way down. For yeah, sure. yeah, valley. We're, we're yeah. big dudes, but uh, but we brought you on here to talk about you. So uh, well, obviously, let's I wanted talk about to... us the whole time. Like screw yeah, this let's guy. Talk about us. Let's. First of all, I wanted to find out what you've been up to lately because, you know, you know, all the stuff that's going on in our universe, it's hard to keep track of just where everybody is. I know that based in New York and Mark Fisher Fitness, you guys haven't had the chance to reopen yet, but I also want to see what you've been doing with your personal work, personal brand, and, and how you are. Man, uh, yeah, I'm, it's, this is uh, it's very interesting times. I did not think it would continue to go on for this long, but here we are. So, um, yeah, obviously we're not open now. Hopefully we open soon, but for the most part, I've just been enjoying the, the downtime as much as I can. And really, cause this is the longest I've not worked in <laughs> a long time. So, and this hopefully will be the longest that I don't work again. So I'm really just soaking it in reading. I'm doing a lot of running these days, which is, oh, that's new to me. <laughs> is it good? I'm, like some people go either way. Like I actually liked running when I did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually enjoy it um, as long as I don't go too fast, as long yeah. as I stay in that zone two yeah. life. So, and it, it helps me get outside and just see the neighborhood, which I rarely did before. Cause as you know, in New York is just go, go, go all the time. 
So I was either on my way to work, leaving work, going to a show, going to jujitsu, coming home. So now I actually get to see the city. It feels kind of like being a tourist again to a certain degree. Mentioning jujitsu, do you actually know our friend Jeb Johnston? Because he's a big jujitsu guy out of New York too. No. I mean, New York is this monstrous place, obviously, right but, but you, you know, it's the fitness industry, which tends to be mm-hmm. on the smaller side. So, oh man. Well, is he trained? He trains out of New York? Yeah, I got, I'm going to ask him where he trains yeah. right now. And I'll get okay. Like He's very he's very Brooklyn in his identity, so I don't know okay. where he is located exactly. But I've I've hung out with Jeb a bunch of times in uh, travels to usually it's a Kansas City Fitness Summit where I where I like uh, that's where I, that's where I, I met Mark the New York info, That's that's where I met Pete Dupuis and you know and how I know all these people. You guys are I'm crazy. Sad. You guys I'm are sad crazy. that I didn't get to go while y'all were there. I brought Dean one year, and uh, so he linked up with the Stronger You people and Mike mm-hmm. T. Nelson, and then, of course, just shit blew up with him. So Dean's involved with Stronger You in a big way. And nice. uh, honestly, those events, like, we haven't talked about it in a little while, and sadly, it was canceled this year. And now there's – we don't even know if there's going to be one next year. They just made an announcement. They're just not sure. Yeah. Um, but, God, what a, what a run it's been, and I've got a lot of value out of that. So once we can get back to flying around, because we're in Canada – and right now, like the U.S., it's like the running joke. It's like living above a meth lab. <laughs> some wild shit going yeah. on down there. So let's you know, not make fun of it because he's in, he's in the meth lab. Like New York is like it's okay to be in the meth lab. We're actually coming out of the meth lab. Yeah. And the other parts of the country are now realizing they're a bigger meth lab. Yeah, you guys realize drugs are bad now. Yeah. Like, oh, like what's this meth stuff? And then <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of just doing its. Th- okay, actually, I wanted to see because like we've had we had a lot of people on, and mm-hmm. we're talking about education, all this stuff. But we talked about it like during. What have you been like learning? Because I, I know like there's a lot of probably fitness professionals in the same boat, and not all of them. I don't want to say they're not taking advantage of it, but the people that are, are kind of like I want to call it leveling up, but it sounds really like salesy. <laughs> what, have, what have you been like doing that like, you think is going to help on the back end of this thing? Just really learning about learning to a degree, like how to best create an environment for learning. Because I think at the end of the day, that's what we're like. I don't, I don't want the clients that I have to be dependent on me for the rest of their lives because that I'd feel disingenuous if like after five years of work with me or three years, they feel like they have to keep going and they don't feel like they have enough tools and knowledge to continue forward on their own because it's otherwise it's just a cycle and that's not really to me it's not very empowering to them and also i may you know my interest may go beyond fitness at some point too in terms of profession and i don't want to feel like oh i just left you by the side of the road alone and it's raining you got your thumb out no one's picking you up and you just feel lost (laughs) you know so lots of learning about how to learn also, I've just been really diving deeper into this personal interest. So lots of jujitsu, um, fundamental type or like um, principle type learning. So I haven't gotten to the point where I make a dummy out of pillows and a hoodie yet. I don't think I'll get to that point. But just learning how to break the concepts down and explain them to myself in a way that's understandable. And I think that directly applies to coaching. Yeah. Because especially in like a group environment like Mark Fisher Fitness, we don't have time to pull people aside and talk with them for five minutes in the middle of a, like a 14 person class, you know, we just can't happen. We, so we need to be succinct. It. Yeah. Like last podcast, we had John Berardi on and like it kind of got off track, but we were talking about the Mandalorian, but long story short is, is <laughs> the principle based stuff. You can see it in everything. 
whether it's marketing, whether it's the Mandalorian, whether it's um, writing or fitness, mm -hmm. it's kind of, it ends up being the same shit. But if yeah. you're isolated in fitness, you only see it through that one lens. And it's hard to appreciate what those principles are when you're kind of just stuck in the one. Mm -hmm. And this 100%. ties into what you were just saying too. And, and funny enough, John Berardi as well as was talking to us about some of his interests in terms of, I think it was real estate and stuff that's grown beyond, you know, pure fitness industry stuff as he sort of stepped away from PN because they've sold it and he's more of a figurehead now. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned yourself the possibility of <clears throat> leaving and going beyond the fitness industry. And I think that's sort of an interesting thought. I'll, I'll explain where I'm going with this. I think there's a lot of people who see themselves as very much lifers in the fitness industry and they're committed to it. And I think there's other people who see, you know, their stop along the way in the fitness industry as something transient, but those people don't tend to enter our space where we all are. But, you know, you're someone who's built a, a very good reputation in our world and work for reputable organizations, but here you are mentioning the possibility of growing beyond it. So what, what's the thought process in exploring the possibility of one day leaving the fitness industry? It's uh, a great question. So the, and I, and I necessarily may not be fully leaving the fitness industry, maybe just shifting in terms of what I do, because I, I do appreciate fitness as a vehicle for like growth, which is ultimately what like got me hooked on that. It's less about like the numbers. It used to be about the numbers. And then I realized, oh, that's, there's only, there's only so high that I'm realistically going to go with the effort I'm going to put in and my genetics. Um, and then it became about something a little deeper in terms of just how can I use this as a vehicle for personal growth? How can I help um, the people I interact with to think about fitness in a different way? So it's not necessarily now that we're talking about it leaving fully, but I don't, I don't want to be, let's say 50 in the same, like training clients all the time. Cause I would love to spend time with my family and my wife and hopefully a, a child one day. So and I know this industry is not the best at, you know, people really like training in the morning. They really like training at night. And that's kind of how it is. So. Well, it's interesting because you've pretty much had pretty good role models, I would say. Like even at MFF, like I would say Mark's kind of done that a little bit. And even with Cressy, like if you look at the two, well, three, I guess with Tony, like and where they've gone, there is mm -hmm. more. And you've seen it like firsthand. Like it's, yeah. they're not, they're all of them aren't training outside of Pete. Pete's not really training, but they're not training till they're 50. And they're mm -hmm. still training, but they also have other stuff. They're business right. owners. And, um, you know, some of these guys, like, I mean, Mark Fisher has been doing consulting and speaking in the business world. So he's expanded beyond it. So I suppose it's not so much leaving the fitness industry. It's using core competency within the fitness industry to grow into a broader space. I think you see that in other people. Like Luca Hosovar certainly, you know, he, he does a lot of other business stuff and again, in real estate stuff outside of just being a gym owner, you know, his mm -hmm. gym ownership is his, his first love. And so when I suppose you think about it, there's a lot of people who are growing and like Dean said, leveling up. You look at a guy like Martin Rooney, who's still in a lot of ways, very much in the trenches of helping people, but he's grown a, a business empire and he's an author too. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I suppose that makes a lot of sense. You don't necessarily have to, you know, entirely exit the fitness industry and go into an entirely different space but there are ways to grow beyond 
the coaching the client in person. And it's not to say that that has to be the goal. I, I like doing it and I can foresee me probably being seven years old, working with some clients on the gym floor. And I hope I'm doing other, other stuff along you with talk it. about lifers. Andrew's actually like, you're, I almost said like, you said 50 and I'm like trying to count how many years Andrew's away from that. I'm like, Andrew's totally going to be 50 in training. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm 42. Right? So, yeah. that's no big so I was like, right? Oh, just, yeah. Raj just like just hold back. Like, I was thinking, I was thinking ninety. I should have said ninety. I think it would be ninety-seven. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't offend anyone because right. we had like who do we have? Vince. Oh God! If, if anybody's if anybody's getting offended, I mean, like just no, like, I'm not getting on that thing. But like people are a little too easily offended with shit like that. I actually we had uh, Susan Nieberdahl, uh, Nieberdahl on here recently, and Susan's like, shit. She's sixty and still banging out. <laughs> like weighted chit ups and stuff like that and, and doing like her coaching is primarily online space, but mm -hmm. uh, like, you don't, you don't age out of this industry if you don't want to. Right. Charles and that's Staley what's still, yeah. yeah. You know, dude oh. is still training people in writing. Right. And he was, you know, he's influential. Yeah. He was one of the first books I ever got the, um, I had his ebook and I printed it out and it was like three, I think like 300 pages. Which one? Um, ah, something. It was an e. I'm trying, I can't remember the name. Something with athlete name in the either. title. But it had like escalating density training in it and all sorts of workouts. And boy, I carry that thing around with me all the time. So actually, there's a good uh, question. You know, uh, it's more to Dean's question, but like the specifics of some of the stuff you've been reading in particular, any resources on being a better coach or trainer? Because I've been doing the same thing during this as well. I've been working a lot, but I went and got Mike Boyle's uh, a functional functional training even, book, which which is unbelievable. I really didn't mm -hmm. read that. That's like the book. It's crazy, but you know what's funny, and I'll, I'll sort of explain this because I've been pushing people to go grab books like this, or I'm reading Bompa's periodization, which I didn't know that much about uh, outside of the energy system stuff. But with Mike Boyles, I'm like, shit, like I actually know most of this, and I'm thinking, like, where the fuck did I learn all this stuff? Because I piece it together watching YouTube videos and and podcasts and whatever, and I'm realizing actually a lot of it probably came from Dean Somerset because I did it a massive amount of Dean's coursework because I worked for the same company as him. So I got most of it for free. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, oh shit, man, I know all this crap. I was like, fuck, I learned that from Dean. Yeah. That's awesome. So you Just pick this stuff up to... along the way. Mm -hmm. It's still a great book. And honestly, I think everybody should read it. Yeah. There's, so what about you? There's so many. Uh, all right. At least <laughs> personally for me, in terms of my interests, definitely like Mike Boyle's book was a, a fundamental one especially at the time when I was coming up, because that was about 2009 when I first really, I finished my internship. Um, also, Scott Abel, I love his stuff. He was also someone I learned from, not directly, but just like purchasing, purchasing his books and reading his article. He used to be on the FitCast back in the day with uh, Kevin. So I picked, I paid for the subscription. I got a lot of his interviews, which is very helpful. But um, one book in particular I would recommend is the um, Beyond Metabolism. And it's more, it's an easier read from, it's like five bucks on Amazon. And just, it gives people a little bit of a, I'd say a, diff, a different approach in, than one that we, we tend to find ourselves in. Because a lot of the industry kind of defaults to calorie counting, I've noticed, at least it used to be. I'm, I'm kind of in the industry, but not like I'm in it in terms of where I work and I'm focused on that. But in terms of online, I'm, I'm kind of following my own interests, but that is, I think is a really good book to people to start with just because it helps give you a, a different picture in terms of what is possible, how to achieve the results you want. 
especially if it's like fat loss without going the default route if that isn't working for you for sure i think that's the problem with a lot of i don't want to call well it's fucking evidence-based but like a lot of that stuff like you said if you're not kind of in that crowd there's other mm-hmm. ways to skin the cat that yeah. don't necessarily reside in this specific way but that gets lost when the popular thing like you said now it's calorie counting and i would say it's it's still that is still the popular thing like that's where you go to and it, mm-hmm. it is interesting to see like that that doesn't we don't evolve beyond that yeah. which is generally the long-term solutions aren't that thing like that's kind of the starting point right and should be and that's I, I think so too a lot of people get stuck at the the be, I guess a beginner phase, wherever you start is where you start, but there's a lot of value in moving beyond that if you find that it's taking up more time than it should and from your life, like mentally taxing you, if you're avoiding like social interactions because of the food there and you don't know how to control it, you know, it, it becomes a thing of you're a slave to your diet as opposed to just living your life with food coming in on the side too. Um, another book I wanna mention, before I forget, uh, Christian Thibodeau, yeah. uh, Theory and Application of Modern Strength Training, uh, Strength and Power Methods. Such a good book. It's uh, we've, had, we've had Christian on a couple times, and I, I love Christian. He's fun to talk to, mm-hmm. and he's a, um, a deep thinker on this stuff. And I, I, I like Christian because it's like I don't agree with every single thing that Christian says. But then again, if I look across the industry and people I like, like I, I like Lane Norton as one of my more influential figures when it comes to nutrition stuff. And I don't agree with everything Lane says. Yep. And that's not to say that, you know, me without the advanced degree in, in nutrition and him with the advanced degree in nutrition, that I somehow am qualified to question that stuff. But you expose yourself to enough resources across the industry. And, you know, I think it doesn't have to be all or nothing with someone. I think and we've gotten into trouble with guru, guru worship for sure in our industry. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, let's use a good example. And, and, you know, people don't, it's a little taboo to talk about him right now, but let's look at Brett Contreras, right? Brett is one of the people who he's exploded the glute training world and, and there's a ton of great information there, but there may be a bit of stuff that he's gone all in on that's been challenged with some credible evidence that, you know, he's sort of staying in, in his belief system. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot you can learn but at the same time, I think there's, you know, don't get just married to one person's ideas exclusively. That's the greater conversation, though, of like, like we, it was with John, and I know we were talking about John, we bring up John again. But like, if you just follow everything that, like, let's say Brett does, or even Mark Fisher, then you're just a shittier version of Mark Fisher, and you kind of <laughs> let go of the thing that makes you, you. Like, you would basically, you, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, fine. It's just that you then pigeonhole that thing. As opposed yeah. to exposing yourself and the greater thing of education and learning all this other stuff is so you can kind of adopt things and evolve personally because you don't want to be, what do you want to be Mark? I don't know. No, <laughs> no one could be Mark. I don't want to be Mark. <laughs> hair is too no good. one could be Mark. <laughs> if they tried, it would be so awkward. Yeah. When I, when I first That's met it, him, it would, I realized. It would your version of that. Like you, it would be awkward because you're not that. You know what I mean? You're, you're Raj. <laughs> you learn Marks. Actually, you don't have the, the tones a lot of the, the Mark Fish. Like you're not going... You're not as animated. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I'm sure you could be. You, you just know how to turn it off, which is- It makes me tired. <laughs> like um, Harold could not turn it off. He had the mark, like it, it was, I was like, damn. Like, the entire, the entire crew from what, like another guy, uh, Brian Patrick Murphy, who I've heard uh, a fair bit on podcasts too. Like Brian just comes off as just the, the, the nicest guy, but he seems like he's just this 
nonstop authentic, authentic empathy and just good energy too. So it's got to mm-hmm. be infectious to be around people like that. What What is that like being in an environment where you have both people that exude all this stuff, but also the, all these high energy people is it like, do you pick up on it and does it lift you up or is it just exhausting when you get out of there at the end of the day? It's, it's both. Um, I, cause this, you know, this is my genuine personality. So I'm a good fit for, for that type of environment. But also when you're doing it regularly, at least for me, you know, at the end of the day, I'm glad that I did it. I'm also tired and I'm ready to not talk and just read books and sit quietly, you know, and just in a room and just <laughs> stare out the window. So it's a good balance of recharging and, you know, giving the energy because I, I found that if I didn't have that time, I would just burn out way faster than I, I yeah, if I don't have that, I would burn out. Otherwise, if I have that recharge time, I'm totally fine going to those peaks and valleys. I think you're a really good example of this, this conversation about finding the right place for you, the right gym, mm-hmm. right fit, because you know, Mark Fisher Fitness just does seem to be, and I know this is a topic of conversation in podcasts you've done elsewhere about your time at Cressy's versus, you know, Mark Fisher Fitness. So, you know, what are your thoughts on, on people finding the right vehicle for them, the right venue? Or like, how do they even? Yeah, and how That's do hard they? for anyone coming up, know where they fit. Yeah, I think a lot of it, you know, some of it's, tri- most of it's trial and error, but you can cut a lot of that down to a, a bit of a minimum if you, kind of understand your temperament and your personality. Like if, if you go into a place and you, you can't see yourself there, like the only reason I took the job, cause I was working exclusively online and I was traveling, but the only reason I took the job at MFF is cause I, I love those, those people so much. And the environment was a good fit. If it weren't like if, if, if it was not a good fit, even though I love them, I'm like, I'm okay. I'm good. I don't, Cause I was, I was fine. I was um, traveling. I was in like Thailand for a year working. Um, and that's an easy place to stay, yeah. especially <laughs> financially. Um, but in terms of really just finding a good fit for yourself, I would just spend more time with yourself and learn what's important to you and try to find that in a place. I wouldn't try to fit yourself to a place because you can only maintain that for so long before you, your true self or true inclinations start to break through and then you're just pissed that you sold yourself out let's that see that also though. sorry you guys i was gonna say um i can see that also taxing someone's energy and anything that taxes your your mental energy is going to mean you have less mental energy for your clients and for the investment in your own personal development um, i remember my old gym facility uh you know a lot of good came of it i've got a ton of friends you know tons of great relationships tons of client relationships and referrals network over the years but as time went on, it was extremely taxing to be in that environment due to some of the, the, the ethical and moral and behavioral issues that were going on with some of the other staff and management. And to the point where eventually I just, I had to leave and set out on my own. I also am, like you said, you're knowing your temperament. I'm a very disagreeable person in my nature around you know, seeing lack of professionalism in particular in the space I'm in. So I'm someone who really does need to go work for myself. Whereas like Dean, far more agreeable than I, fits in really well into a company like Stronger You, where he's a part of this community. I have my relationships across the industry, but if I were forced to, you know, be constantly interactive with a community of other people, I would find that very difficult to manage. So I know that for me, I have to just kind of strike it on my own. 
But that goes right. back to that principle-based approach, like kind of narrowing down what's important. That's, that gets, the reason why we're bringing this up is because I think that there's a lot of people in the position that you probably were at the beginning going through all this stage. And it's really hard to know your principles and your values when you're 21, 22. I mean, I'm sure everyone's different, but I sure as hell didn't know shit till like two years ago. And yeah. I'm still refining it. I'm 32 now. Like, mm-hmm. so it's 100%. hard. Yeah. And I think it, a lot of it comes down to experience because you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And then I think the key is to like, once you know it, just yeah. really know it instead of like, oh no, it's, it's actually different. Don't try to force yourself to change, like to go against your nature. If that's truly not who you are, or who you really want to spend the rest of your life trying to become, like if you're not committed to becoming that person, it's just gonna, like, like you were just saying a bit ago, Andrew, it's just gonna wear you out, it's gonna tire you out. And it's, it's kinda just defeats the purpose, it's not fun at that point. When you gotta make that change too, I think like even if, if you look at the situation currently, like we're splitting up podcasts and all this stuff, but like, and, I, and I've literally rebranded my other one that I'm splitting off to do, but it was just like, you, when you know, it's like you could, it's that sunk cost here, you could just keep going, but like it never pays off. You might mm-hmm. as well just make the change and yeah, it's scary and yeah, it's hard, but a lot of us aren't putting millions of dollars on the line. It's like, fuck this fucking, right. it's hard to teach a podcast or a job. It's, it's different when you're PN, like you can't change your name to John Berardi's company when everyone yeah. knows again. But <laughs> I think at certain stages when you're developing that, there's no, there's no loss in, in kind of going with your gut on a lot of things, unless, unless you're getting on the street, then don't listen to that. <laughs> That's funny because Pete Dupuis constantly de- bemoans the fact that they've named it after Eric. They can't do and, it. And it had some benefits in the early years. He acknowledges that, but I think he, he always tells people, do not name it after yourself. And I think if he had his time back, he would have gone and called it something else. Oh, 100%. Because I even, <laughs> like, if he's not there, people come all the time. Even when I was there, if he wasn't there, for some reason, people are like, is Eric, is Eric here? Can I train with Eric? He's, he's Cressy. He's on the net. It's you can't get. It's hard to get away from that. He's always telling these stories. He's always telling these stories about how, like, you know, some parent comes in you with know, eleven or twelve year old kid. It's like, oh yeah, my kid is, you know, the next big superstar for the major leagues, and you know, I want him to trade with Eric. And, and Pete's got to explain. It's like, well, actually, Eric's in Florida, and he works with this population. But we have all these amazing coaches, and the person's like, no, I, I want my kid to work with that Eric. That yeah, kid, yeah. my kid is special. Thousand dollars an hour, like, an hour and Eric oh, train your kid personally. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I don't think your kid needs that at this point. <laughs> well, that's hard, though. Like, it, it, and I guess that comes with the whole branding thing. But it's like, that is the inadvertent problem of, of that process, too, is like, because it's hard for them to change that now. Mm-hmm. Well, you, yeah, guys have the same thing, you guys have the same thing at Mark Fisher Fitness. How often does someone come in and be like, hey, man, I want to train with Mark? Is you know, it's cool. It's, it's cool that because we had, we had two different locations. We had the Bowery location, yes. which unfortunately just closed, and then the Hell's Kitchen. So MFF started from Hell's Kitchen and that was, you know, people would often come in there wanting to train with Mark or asking about Mark, but at Bowery, it was so far removed from the original MFF that a lot of people didn't even know who Mark was. Like if Mark walked in, they wouldn't, they'd know he was Mark, maybe they'd know he was a person of importance (laughs) because he was on the window in a unitard, but that was about it. They may not know he's actually the owner. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I, speaking of my own, like if I wanted to build something anew, yeah, I would not just have my name or unless it was, it had 
yeah, unless like kind of like Mark Manson, I enjoy the way he does it because that's him. So if I were to do something outside the fitness industry or within it, but also branching out to different other aspects, that'd be it'd be that'd be something. Last name though, you could like do it like lay down the law. Like there's so many law, yeah, like things you could <laughs> do that, that like you would have to use your last name, but then make it like a thing. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 we don't get that. Like mine's well, I have Guido, so I can do like the Italian. I think it's coats is not a. That's not a. You can't do. There's it. no play on words with that one. I think you can kind of split it up this way. You look at some like precision nutrition. If you're growing a business or, or something as an entity that is a little bit more than you as an individual brand, mm -hmm. then you should probably name it something that isn't your name. I think if yeah. you're someone who is again an individual. You look at someone like Jordan Syatt, uh, you know, Jordan is Jordan and all the things that he does for the most part, except for his, his online mentorship thing. You know, it's, it's very Jordan. So Jordan can have his name on stuff, you know, mm -hmm. Dean Somerset and, and how many other people in our, in our world are the same thing. But if, you, if you're building something physical like Luca Hosovar, Luca is it's not Luca's gym, it's, it's bigger ground. Mm -hmm. right? So I think that's kind of an easy dichotomy to, yeah. to figure that out. The other thing that I find with, uh, with trainers who name their individual brand business, their online training, something that's not them, is they all use the most generic fucking names. <laughs> and then it, you, you don't know the fuck what it is, right? Like there's tons of people in the God love them. A lot of them are amazing people, but you know, they're, Hold okay, up. this is, this is, oh God, I can't even think of one. After, I, I know tons. And you know, it's like, it'll be like elite training performance or it's like, you know, something like that. Strong and just, lifting fitness. Yeah, there and was it, one, it's, there's one, and it's a buddy. Whatever, he's not gonna listen to this. It's like Foundations Training System, and I'm like, there's already a thing called Foundations Training. There's like three companies called Foundation Training. You you can't use fuck anything training systems. You can kind of tell they were yeah. influenced by everyone else that was named training. Like juggernaut. We know what Juggernaut is. Like that's a big hey, damn deal, this, right? Though, you would think yep. so. Like I named my podcast The Pump, and I'm like looking at websites. It's all like no one for whatever reason, no one named anything The Pump. Mind pump. No one. I was going to tell you this but, off air. Mind pump. Have you see? Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. They did it. Mind what? pump. Mind pump media. You've did you've heard of mind pump yeah, media? But, okay. Is that like a, that's not a generic? No, but it's like it's the all. It's very similar to what you guys have named your yeah, podcast. Mine's the pump. Like the, the, the pump. pump is like aren't like you would think someone. Would yeah, I know. Arnold. <laughs> no, I, I I was just like, is that uh, like uh, no one did it. I was like, this is awesome. Like, uh, I like, rarely see, you, you went in that. there and you got it early. Yeah, but, but it's not early. It's fucking 2020. And like, that's why I was like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not that smart. So like maybe they're probably a bad name. Now. <laughs> like, in, like, in 2020, 90, people are going to be like, oh man, Dean got, he got the pump podcast yeah, early on. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm going <laughs> to sell it. I don't know if there's really a, it's an hard. Answer, I actually a like right answer for naming dude. anything. This is fun because look, even though you think about it, a name like Precision Nutrition. Well, mm -hmm. they're early in, and we we now know that you say Precision Nutrition, you know what the fuck we're talking about. Renaissance periodization. These are big animals, but let's just say it's someone starting out. Uh, Renaissance is actually kind of a cool name. It's unique, but Precision Nutrition is still a fairly generic name that grew yep. into a big brand name. Mm -hmm. So we also have that hindsight bias of already knowing what the fuck it is. Yeah, there's lots of exceptions to the rules. Like if. Whoever blows up, then you're like, oh, that was a good idea. Yes. That name, like Robertson Training Systems, you know? You're like, okay, I know who that is. But again, it's still got his name on it, right? And Mike Robertson. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but again, he's also one of the early people in. Mm -hmm. right? But IFAS yeah. isn't that big. 
Well, but even but iFast is big. So I guess I guess it is. Yeah. I actually like the names that are like I, I know we're making fun of like training systems and stuff, but even like it's so even naming a podcast. It was like we call it the Fitness Devil because it was mm-hmm. just like it actually was such That's a fun. bad name. But I'm like it's not it's still not generic. So I'm like we're still it's a win win. It kind of the- worked. I sort of hate it, sort of don't, but yeah. I'm like oh fuck. <laughs> But like people go through this, like like I, we're talking about this, and I'm like I'm sure Raj has had the same problem. Like fuck, what do I call it without sounding well, like fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you your name is an abbreviation anyway. Like how did even that come to be? Right? It's great, you know. Uh, Lawless so, training. It's fun. So I'm I love video games. Yeah. All right. Have you any of you played Tekken? Yeah. Yeah. All right. A little bit. So got martial law. I was like, that's a cool ass name, Bruce Lee. And I was like, all right. I'll just cut my name in half. It's easy. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it, it sounds cool. Like if someone were to announce it, yeah. it's just the right amount of syllables, two syllables. That's yeah. it. it, it that's, a, that's a hard <laughs> Literally the only consideration. Yeah, but you would, you'd have to educate people. That's the only problem is like, because like no one plays tech in unless you're like our age and like you grew oh, up with it, which is like, I we, know. we basically had no friends when that's happening. Pretty much. Because <laughs> <laughs> at home. And, and the people that played that game generally i'm not gonna say they're not in the fitness but they're they're less in the fitness than say caring uh, oh 100 yeah, yeah i wasn't even in the fitness back no. then i was in the <laughs> sitting on the couch and yeah. eating honey buns memorizing moves on your fucking controller because there's like yep. a per character <laughs> i was more of a street fighter too and then uh, a lot of uh killer instinct so i never oh. really got, i played touch bit of tekken but i never got really into it killer instinct was the shit yeah, I used to, full gore was just cheat mode anyway. Okay. And I could play with, if anyone remembers this game, uh, Cinder and Glacius. Yep. Those Same were, those character, cool. different, different uh, colors. Similar, yeah, totally similar. Like Glacius was really just the, the liquid metal Terminator yep. with like Silver Surfer with uh, Iceman in, in X-Men. Like a That's little a bit of all that. a good combo. I never and thought C- about that. Cinder one. was straight up Human Torch. <clears throat> yep. I was Jago. Jago. Uh, Ray Jago, yeah, he was the, he was the, with the bandana and the kicking and the sword. Yeah, he's, uh, he's very Ryu from, uh, from uh, Street Fighter 2. Yep. It's funny, uh, this is going totally off topic, but you look at at these games and, and other games uh, and other, um, what is it? God damn it. I'll, I'll explain. You see these archetypes of characters. I was just going to go right? here. Like, so where I was going to go with this is if you look at, uh, you know, the aliens, predators, and humans, you know, thing, mm-hmm. we see that. That's, that's StarCraft, right? You have your Protoss, and you have your Zerg, yeah. oh, and you have your, your Terrans. And, and the Protoss are the, the uh, sorry, the, the predators. They absolutely mm-hmm. are. And if you go over to Halo, then they're actually the Covenant. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And the Flood in in Halo is the Zerg. Yeah. And then if you want to go over to Starship Troopers, the Starship Trooper human Terrans, we're gonna say they're wearing the helmets from the aliens movies. Like it's actually the same prop stuff. Oh wow. And then the bugs are very flood, very Zerg like as well. You just pay attention to this shit. So <laughs> Starcraft took like literally if you look at the Zerg, it's like the I alien agree. queen. Totally. I like this. this I just is, never tied making all the connections. It. I was like, I just like all of them, probably because they're the same fucking story. It's 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 kind of like that whole hero's journey. It's like why we like the same movies because they're the same movie. It's totally the hero's journey. It's the same archetype. It's like, uh, like fucking Luke Skywalker, uh, who is one of the most annoying characters in cinematic history. <laughs> I absolutely can't stand I any agree. of the, 
I can't stand any of this. Rob, all the you Skywalker know Robert. characters, all the male Star oh, Wars yeah. Skywalker characters are annoying, whiny losers, except for like Darth during his prime. Mm. And then you have Harry Potter and the total Joseph Campbell hero's journey stuff, which is Frodo. Frodo is yep. one of the most annoying, except for Sam. Frodo and Sam's Sam is an annoying character. Oh, you love Sam. Okay. <laughs> uh, and anything with Sean Astin. <laughs> so, but you get you get these archetypes. Anyway, I know we're way off track, but this shit's no, fun. Fine. I'm just, down for it. I'm down for it. I just I wanted like, to talk to y'all. I want to know Roger's opinion on this because maybe he thinks Frodo's cool. You know, Frodo. Frodo. I. I'm. I'm down with. I'm down with Frodo. <laughs> Let me say, Star Wars. I never got into. I missed that boat. And every time I tell people my my thoughts on Star Wars, they get so upset. Because yeah. I started with the ones with Jar Jar Binks and oh, Liam Neeson. I started with those. And I was like, oh, all right. And then I saw like two of the new ones. I was like, I, I don't really care. And then I haven't cared enough to go back and watch the originals. I'm, I, at some point I might, but I probably won't. <laughs> yeah. the, originals, the originals are great because Han mm -hmm. Solo is, is worth it. So this is, I don't know if this will make any sense to anybody. And mm -hmm. then we can go back onto some fitness stuff. But when you look at character archetypes in, in media, uh, you, you're drawn to things, and the, the skippy little underdog, the Frodo, the the Peter Parker Spider-Man, mm -hmm. you know, they're really popular. You're, you're Harry Potter. They're all the same sort of thing. I, on average, don't like that character. I don't identify with that character. I like your Han Solos. I like your Aragorns. I like your Hugh Jackman's Wolverines. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're, those those sort of like rough around the edges, anti-hero type characters. Yeah. And that's, that's the ones that I find more engaging, and I like to watch. Because mm -hmm. you do need that, 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 uh, contrast like if it's all too good yeah or if they're, you're all bad you need some kind of in the middle to really find something you don't need it but it's more a lot more interesting yeah, yeah. it's like some people like your john snow in game of thrones mm -hmm. i was kind of a bit more the hound and brawn yeah. and and those kind of guys right yeah, well, yeah i like Oberyn. And, and torment like i literally everybody thinks i look like torment <laughs> chad landers brought me a torment <laughs> shirt no dude they're all like anti actually here like okay see Roger, Roger, uh, i'm showing you guys right now my sh my <laughs> shaker cup what is that giant's shaker cup milk giant's, giant's milk. milk someone put that sticker on my my smoothie cup you can't say you see? like torment you if you identify torment you're basically a dumbass like that dude is like he was smart he was smart in the way he needed to be smart he got he totally demolished <laughs> Hey, hey, you know, any, spoiler like, alert, Tormund survived. <laughs> no, he, he, yeah, he like, he, worshipped he women. He loved Brienne. He was sexually he, harassed. He adored her. He would look at her with admiration. Man, if you did that right a now. A childlike gleam in his eye. Man, if you ever did that to a girl at a bar, like, you, you get taken down hard. Like, staring at her, like, drinking, like, making sexual windows. We're also talking about a fictitious barbarian here, so. You <laughs> can go there. I love it. Like, Y'all are fun. I, I got to go back and listen to some of the other podcasts. Well, do the Berardi one because we, like, literally, Berardi explains how he loves The Witcher and he was disappointed with The Mandalorian. So he's kind of with you with Star Wars stuff. Okay, see? I, oh. I just don't know where we go full circle with this. Usually we tie it in. Like, the, the Mandalorian was more of, like, we appreciated how it was filmed and had different directors and you could see the expertise think, going into a system like that. And that's kind of how a company zoomed in. You can ah. Excellent. Well, I don't here's, know how, here. here's how I would tie this in because this is a conversation I've had with Jordan Side a few times. We had Robbie Farlow on, mm -hmm. and, and Robbie's just a fun dude, too. I mean, shit, you would know Robbie because Robbie spent oh, some yeah. time. Oh, yeah. He was at MFA. Right? Yep. Totally. So, and now he's over at Stronger You with Dean. So, 
it's it's a conversation about actually having some depth and some interests outside of fitness mm-hmm. and not just being a fitness robot and you know talking nutrition honestly some of my clients have been with me one of my one of my clients Teresa, she's she's a machine this lady is like just on the doorstep of 60 and she can do 100 pound barbell lunges across our gym turf and back and people are just looking at this lady like what the fucking hell's going on and she's been with me almost 10 years i've trained her whole yep. family and you get to a point where I don't have any form to fix with her and I don't have any real nutrition stuff to dig into hard. We cover that stuff. And guess what? Then we got to talk about something else. So yep. you, you need to have shit that's interesting to talk about with the people you're working with. I've got guys who I've had success coaching and keeping them going for the single reason that I used to play world of Warcraft and I know hockey stuff. Oh. And it was that connection that kept them coming and enjoying it, which got them through the, what they did not enjoy about working out. Yep. So you have to have some range and depth in your knowledge base. 100%. I played World of Warcraft. Which was I, I did. Yeah, man. I now want to talk about World of Warcraft. I played it. Yeah. It was actually my, like, I played during college and it was, uh, and I played Warhammer, but it was, it was a good way to like get bigger. Like, cause I was like, I played football, but I do that because I would just uh-huh. endlessly. And so I could get the food in when I'm. <laughs> so you used Warcraft as a balking tool. I yeah, like absolutely. that. I like yeah. that. But that is, that's a really good point you made too, because you have to, I, otherwise you'll just be boring to yourself. And that is the biggest crime of all. Like you don't want to have no, un, like there's certain people that are so interested in fitness that that's all they want to talk about, which is cool. And they will attract a certain type of client. But for the most part, people want to train with people they like and they want to train with people, someone they can relate to. And these interests keep them engaged and then you learn and they learn. And it's just the mutual enjoyment of your time together. Cause you spend, we spend a lot more time with our clients than we do with our families. Absolutely. Said that to a client yesterday. Uh, and you guys, I don't know how much our listeners all know about Mark Fisher fitness. And, and you know, you guys are, I, I kind of picture an average day. You guys are wearing tutus or, or unitards and mm-hmm. there's probably dildo stuck to the wall or you guys are, Throwing the mats. It's kind of like dildo dodge, in this room dodging. Right it's the Patches O'Houlihan scene from, uh, what is it, Dodgeball. And I can see him. Like, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Except you're at the front of the studio getting, you know, cardio class and you're hucking rubber dildos, dildos. At, the, at the people who are trying to dodge them. But Mark Fisher Fitness is, is a zany fun. What is it? The, the this is your Island of Misfit it, toys? Yeah. No, actually, it's not that far off the truth from what, what Mark Fisher throwing dildos anyway. at people's heads. Don't, I, don't, I, don't, I throw I them. Okay, I throw them at people. Yeah. Okay, damn it. At their feet, though, they gotta dodge it. They, you yeah, know. you're not throwing at heads like that would that would be. Dangerous. No, they'll they won't move. But if you think about this, like, what kind of person is interested in going to a class where like your instructor's dressed in a in a leotard and you know they're hucking dildos at you? It takes a special kind of person, but you create a community that. You know, it's, I know that uh, it's the theater community in New York for sure, which I understand Broadway has now been shut down until 2021, which is, mm-hmm. is tragic. Um, and you guys are, are a big part of the LGBTQ plus community in New York, and you create a safe space for that community there. And so you're going to have a lot of people who maybe they don't like, again, I, I said a moment ago, like the, what is it, the Island of Misfit Toys, or there's something that, um, you know, Mark calls it, or, or the, the ninjas call it themselves. They've come up with a lot of the names for it. Yeah. And you, you have a unique culture there, but a lot of these people probably feel like, well, they don't necessarily fit into a traditional gym, but this place is, is mm-hmm. where they fit into. So I don't know, like your thoughts on, on how Mark Fisher Fitness has created this culture. Yeah, I think it really just, it grew out of, and that's the cool thing. It wasn't something that was planned because you can tell when something's like 
manufactured to try to feel a certain way. It's like uh, movies that you've like uh, whatever the, that shitty movie uh, with Superman and everybody in it. Oh, oh the, the, just, the Justice League. Yeah, Justice League. That was garbage. <laughs> and people and people that said tell me that's their favorite superhero movie. I, those are only people I actually want to fight in person. But <laughs> that it's it's something that just comes out of genuine enjoyment of doing the thing that way and it will attract the people that also want to do it that way and that's why i think mff does really well is we're just all weirdos and we happen to work at the same place and we're all weird in our own unique ways which is cool like you don't have to be weird like i'm not a i'm not an assless chaps guy i'm not but there's jockstrap class you know at MFF they do every now and then. <laughs> That's not my journey, but there's people that are there for it and they want to do it. I'm more of the wear the dildo underneath a hat with a cape and then, you know, high five, but, but stuff like that. And it's, everyone's just weird in their own unique way. And I think the thing that really sets MFF apart is they're making that like inclusive about their, their strangeness, their weirdness. And it's never like judgmental, which would turn people off, right? And it's never unsafe and it's never like forced. So the people that do it, some, like we had one um, person that worked there, my friend Matt, he used to dress up like a cat in like a full body suit. He'd be a mime, a clown. And it was awesome. And we haven't been able to have someone like that since. Yeah. Because that's uniquely him. And if we tried, it would be very... False. Where did you get? Forced. I guess where did you grow into knowing that that's the kind of place you want to work at? Because like like you said, you started at Cressy, which is this mm-hmm. like that's like strength coach. Like <laughs> I'm gonna do things this way for the rest of my life and like, yeah, eat strength. Blah 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 blah. Like where where does this? How do you get here? Like I know you kind of talked about it, but like that's mm-hmm. a pretty big leap, leap. If, without knowing the whole thing, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I think if if I had known about MFF, yeah. if MFF existed and they were doing internships, I would have started there, yeah. most likely, but my how i got into the industry was i i didn't have i didn't have any knowledge like i worked out in the rec center at the gym barely knowing what i was doing i was just on t nation and yeah. just figuring shit out and then i saw the opportunity for an internship i was like i'll i don't care what it, like i don't know shit about baseball still there were famous baseball players at Cressy's and i had no idea who they were like uh kevin euclid at the time was uh Uke, yeah 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 I think he's retired. I don't even know. He was he retired, was yeah. Okay. But he was in there at the time training. I just had no idea who he was, and everybody was nervous, and I I, I don't know. <laughs> and it wasn't until I knew who he was, I was like, oh, okay. Now I'm nervous because everyone else is nervous. <laughs> well, Euclid was part of the, the first uh, Boston Red Sox championship team. I think it was the first mm. one they won in 100 years. And they they all had like long hair and beards. They were the anti-Yankees because the Yankees, yep. of course, are not allowed facial hair other than just terrible mustaches. And they have to have their hair <laughs> cut short. When Giambi went from the athletics over to Yankees, they had to shave off the beard. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the Red Sox, I think they had some nickname for themselves. And they had Johnny Damon. Johnny straight up looked like a caveman. <laughs> I wish and I had the genetics for that beard, the beard life. You're doing okay with a beard there. Not Thank that bad. You. You're doing okay. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I remember Euclid. Euclid was a classic money ball player. He was sort of undervalued, but he actually mm-hmm. hit for good average and power, but he got on base. He took a ton of walks. And and they built this really smart team out of like these lovable losers almost, in a sense, versus these pedigree 
you know, blue chip superstar types. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, and they broke that curse. Uh, I guess the curse of the Bambino when they traded yeah. Babe Ruth away. I know that from them. Sandlot. That's, that's yeah. why I know that. <laughs> and then like, becomes, well, how'd you get in there then, dude? Like, with, at the, yeah. I know happen? it was all luck. Well, yeah, I, uh, I found out about the internship from Kevin Larrabee on mm -hmm. the fit cast. So I was like, I'll apply. And then, um, I knew they were going to be at Mike Boyle's winter seminar. Yeah. So I drove from uh, Michigan to, to the Massachusetts to meet like Pete and Tony, just introduce myself. So, I, cause I had no experience. I was an English lit major. So there was no real reason for them to hire me. <laughs> so I just showed up. I was like, Hey, I applied for the internship. Just wanted to come learn, come meet you. That's, that's huge, all. I think that that's honestly like even just saying that if anyone hears that and like is bitching about their situation, you just put the groundwork in. Like that's yeah, actually that's like, the only like, reason I got it. Definitely. That's what most people do in other industries that like get those jobs. And like mm -hmm. it seems like in fitness, it's like, oh, I got a certification. Like, no, dude, like you <laughs> Meet gotta want people. it. People know, like when you don't, like it's 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 really easy to go get a cert. But mm -hmm. it's obviously it's not easy to to be that person like that probably experience was like oh yeah damn this dude like drove and came to this yeah. thing like that's what we want we can teach him the other shit yeah. I guess that's probably what happened i'm assuming yeah 100 percent. thankfully they saw that because i didn't know shit he's <laughs> got a sharp eye for that sort of thing it's actually cool when you think about it just how many notable people in our industry have come through the cressy system I, I, i'm not sure the timeline and if you would have overlapped with anyone obviously kevin larrabee the fitcast uh host he was one of their earliest interns if not their first i can't remember exactly yeah i think he was in the first class i think he was in the first class and i know sohi lee was in there early on jordan syatt did an internship there uh, yep. and obviously guys like greg robbins and Tom, tony bombecchio who were there for a long time and mm -hmm. then went on to their own project at strength house and then there's probably people i'm just not even thinking of off the top of my head but it's it's a fantastic program a hundred percent i'm like so grateful for that experience because otherwise who know? I don't I have no idea what how I would have learned, yeah. or how I would have got. I probably would have gone to like Bally's Total Fitness, and then they would have shut down, and I would have been like, "What am I doing with my life?" There's a lot of luck involved in some of these things too, right? I mean, obviously mm -hmm. the hard work to put yourself in that position, but you also benefit from luck too. Like I, I don't know if I've ever told this story on air. But I got hired off the floor at the gym I was working out at. I moved cities uh, and I was getting back into my gym routine after a couple of years of just really being like out of a routine, out of a party lifestyle, you know, mm -hmm. went off track. And so I happened to have had a friend who went to the same gym I went to, who I knew from my work and his trainer would see me around. And by this point, I'm, I'm a pretty big guy, pretty lean guy. And this guy would see me around and keep asking me, hey, come work there. I kept saying, no, I'm like, ah, this has more to do with sales and actually know what you're doing. And eventually I finally said, yes. Anyway, so it just happened to be that's the gym I walked into first that I joined. Turns out mm -hmm. that's the one that someone hired, approached me off the floor. A decade later, like shit, you know, I'm writing for T Nation and we got this thing going on and hosting a conference. But also what happened is, as I start reading T Nation, just like you, that every every morning for breakfast, I'm reading T Nation, early in my career, learning stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I know realize that, well, this Dean Somerset dude who writes for T Nation happens to be the same Dean Somerset who works at a different location in World Health, who is mm -hmm. teaching continuing education courses. And like I said earlier, I've done a ton of his free and paid where I could uh, coursework. And yep. I've learned a ton from that. And that's just like, that's just good luck having been in those particular places and starting it with mm -hmm. that company. I mean, how many, not many people in our broader universe who are listening to this got to work in a company where you get free education from that dude. 
Oh yeah, and it's amazing. Like at Crusty Sports Performance, they had or CP back then, they had the, like in services, and I used to just come in, and I'm like, all right, let me learn. Like I was reading you. Why would I not watch you in person? <laughs> you know. Who did you get? Who did you get in services with back then? Who were some of it was the people? Just, it was a lot of just Eric. Eric. Oh, sweet. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I'm like, thank oh, you. Only, only Eric Cressy. Only Jesus. Eric Cressy. The machine. still don't know shit only. about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I literally like. I tried, and then I realized, I was like, I don't even care about baseball. Fuck it. And then it all left my brain. But I could appreciate how it, like, applied to what they were doing there, and that was beautiful. And just being able to make those connections and learn so much. It was just amazing first start. Like, I, it's hard to believe it's been 10 years now. More that's, than 10 years. Well, and that's kind of that whole idea of observing, like, people that are good at their craft. It might not necessarily be dildos on the wall, but there's something to be learned about like how they approach their niche mm -hmm. and their systems that you can then see and appreciate it in other stuff. Like the dildos and baseball don't go together, but they kind of do. <laughs> they definitely do. <laughs> I'll make another point too. That's really important. You know, when we're talking about Mark Fisher fitness and anyone who isn't super, super familiar with it, Mark is also brilliant and as well studied and versed in exercise physiology as anyone in our industry right mm -hmm. and you you see the the personality mark is one of the most dynamic personal speak uh, uh public speakers that i've ever witnessed and great human being but this man knows his technical shit too it just happens that the brand is got a totally different aspect but it's based in really fundamentally great exercise science and training principles 100 percent. he he like randomly i'll catch him Every like couple months, he'll just drop some random thing that I'm like, oh, you were paying attention way back then. Like we, I remember he brought up, uh, ah, shit, what's this? Chad Waterbury back in the day. Oh, damn, and I was yeah. like, oh yeah, I remember him. He, he had several haircuts. He had like the, the moppy haircut. Then he so, had the professional. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm he had right. like that 10, 10 by three book. Yeah. And then he started, uh, it was, yeah, Mark is, Mark knows his shit, but a lot of people don't see they don't view him as a fitness expert in that regard yeah. they which is interesting that now, means there's a lot more interests that he has can, other than that you guys he bring can in, hold court with anybody when it comes 100 to bring in like legit people too like like one of my buddies pat davidson like how, how did that go did you did you go to that in service at you guys yeah like, that was totally not mff but like mm -hmm. I, I would be interested to see how that went off there but like that's high-end stuff like you guys are learning legit shit yeah and i I had never met Pat before. I was like, damn, he's fucking jacked. It's for, I forget how jacked people can get yeah. in the real world. Like, exact, like that shit's, uh, that's a huge ass arm, man. Yeah, people he, can't see it, but. Andrew's flexing. Damn. Oh, there we go. You're, you got a pump and you're not even, I miss those days. You have, <laughs> I, uh. hey man, I made a home gym during, the, during all this, so I, I had to keep Okay, up. that's smart. I've, I've just been running. So my strength down, cardiovascular up. But you know what? You get in, you get back in the gym. The, the moment you step back in, man, you're gonna have like newbie gains again. Oh, you can blow right the fuck back up. I'm ready. <laughs> New York ain't ready. <laughs> you know they 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 really aren't ready. They, the gyms are still closed. They are not ready. And <laughs> I understand it with New York because New York is a, a unique convergence of of factors and and population density. And, you know, as much as I've been an advocate, and I really do believe that this is a very complex thing and people oversimplify it on both sides of it. And they've made this whole thing very ideological, left versus right, you know, mm -hmm. it's very Democrat there. versus Republican. But in the end, I still am a believer that we're probably going to be better off if we can get 
fitness facilities open with reasonable measures to keep people safe. Again, that relies upon people being reasonable because I still think the net effect of having some social interaction, maintaining physical health is certainly both short-term and long-term going to be one of the best ways to avoid a worst case scenario outcome. And I do believe, especially for older adults, you know, if you isolate for a very extended period of time, you limit your social interaction and you're not taking care of yourself physically, well, you're guaranteeing you know, a poor quality of life decline and an earlier death against the chance that maybe it happens. Again, complex conversation. And I know that New Jersey hasn't opened up my, uh, Craig Yarnell, who's a, you know, a guy I've met in the industry and Craig is just nonstop on his social media, freaking out at the governor in New Jersey, uh, yeah. you know, about what's going on. He's, he's furious, but I do understand what's going on in New York and I can see it from both sides. I do really hope there's a way to make this work. And I know with Mark Fisher Fitness where you guys do group classes. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's fairly small square footage relative to, it's, it's New like York. A bigger it's, gym, it's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and, th- and there's going to be inherent challenges with that. Right? You've got a whole bunch of people in that space breathing, you know, the same air. So I respect the fact that that's not going to be an easy thing to figure out. But I really yeah. do hope that you guys get it open and open relatively soon. And that I know that the substance, the core behind Mark Fisher Fitness is, is a world-class quality product and, and group of people. So I believe that it'll thrive. It just, this is a unique challenge. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm, and I get it. I get why things are still closed. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how it all continues to play out over the next couple of weeks and months and who knows for how long, because I think as the further people get away from there, we're already pretty far from our normal, obviously, but the effects aren't known, like you were just talking about, like the social. Like I, I remember maybe it was March, May, some mid-May, early June, when I got a package and I meant, went to talk to someone about like to get pick it up. And I, I was like, oh, I haven't talked to another human that wasn't someone in this house for so long. I kind of forgot how to talk to people. Jesus. I'm like, that's a that's an unknown effect. Uh, and there's people in their houses alone. They haven't, then they don't have their gym, their community. So I hope that things can open up soon, safely, and it's just going to be different. And I think we're all going to, we're going to learn as we go along what's best practices, what is not going to work at all. And we'll see. Well, we're seeing a lot of people adapt to this. We're seeing a lot of brands are going to adapt and thrive. And we're going to, unfortunately, mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot of people there and won't survive this. And, you know, it makes me very sad to see good companies and good people who just weren't able to make it through it because of the circumstances. I mean, we know that there are some companies like that were probably in rough shape leading into this. And all of a sudden they're announcing bankruptcies kind of early in this whole thing. It's like, they were just hanging on. Maybe their business model had like, they couldn't keep up with the times, you know, the greater presence of e-commerce, you know, whatever, just, just got left behind, didn't stay current. Yeah. And then those companies just got wiped out. Um, I don't know if it's like 20, I think 24 hour fitness went bankrupt. And I mean, I don't know the inner workings, but I mean, if they went bankrupt at the onset of this, then they weren't in good shape. Right. With. Yeah. No, they weren't in good shape to begin with. So there's something fundamentally going on there. And, uh, you know, GNC just went under. Right. Well, they so they did? Just, yeah. So they just announced bankruptcy. GNC announced bankruptcy. Oh, they're trying to, they're trying to, they're going to close a bunch of their stores. They're trying to restructure it so they can sell it. You know, when you hear the word bankruptcy, it doesn't automatically mean, oh, the business is gone. Everything's toast. It's a process to protect from creditors so that way they can try to restructure and try to survive. It doesn't usually work. But so GNC's done. Now, 
what am I thinking there? Well, it's probably a lot of these smaller brands and local stores. I've got three friends who own supplement stores. They're either part of a, a smaller chain or whatever, and I've got loyal to those places. I haven't set foot in and given business to a GNC in a very fucking long time. Right. And so, and then of course you got on, online retailing like body, bodybuilding.com sell supplements and T Nation sell supplements, and you know, we have Canadian yeah, versions too. It's done. It's just sad, yeah. man. Sad day. And it is sad to see these these iconic brands go under. But you know, sometimes this is stuff that that was just accelerated they have the demise of something. We got Popeyes yeah. here. That's bigger than. Yeah. Do you guys have Popeyes? Oh yeah, man. We got the Popeyes sandwich. It is. It, it no. took the world <laughs> oh. by storm. Oh, you guys got the. You don't Popeyes the it Was that your Smeagol? If you see, yeah, in little. If you that? no, that's little Nikki. I got a Smeagol too. If you've never seen little Nikki, oh man, I'm sorry. Matt Master and hurt us. Matt loves us. That's Smeagol. I Smeagol cry. What the fuck? Yeah, no one's ever heard that before. I apologize sincerely for that. Uh, How do you make that voice? Like you sit in your house, like you're like, oh man, I gotta yes. learn this. You have to like do Absolutely. a lot of reps there. The fact that no one's heard that before, I'm glad. If that's well, the only reason I came on here, damn it, that's it's my the first. It's the first time I've ever done that on air, and it probably will never happen again. Yes. You talk to a cat in a Smeagol voice? like that, All like the time. <laughs> you, you, that's the best. I literally, have you seen the, the reunion they did? What's that? Zoom? The reunion they did on Zoom? No, no. It's, uh, yeah, they, they, all the actors got back together to do scenes on Zoom, and they had uh, the guy that did Smeagol. So. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic. Great. Andy Circus, Yeah, he's great. Mm -hmm. He's in the, God, he's uh, Ulysses Claw in the Black Panther movie and uh, some of the Marvel movies. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's done so much. He's getting paid. He's talented. Yeah. Well, damn, where do we go from Smeagol? Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm done with it. I'm done with the impression. We should get somewhere so. to go full circle, but Andrew just like kind of threw that out there. And there's, yeah, I fucked that shit up. I love up. it. Cool. Um, I don't know. I hope through all this, our listeners are just going, like, all right, two things. One is like, what the actual fuck happened? And two is like, all right, you know, that's actually a lot of really interesting stuff that again, goes back to my point that you need to be more robust. Now I'm, I'm an advocate of very selectively consuming information to make your career better. I'm mm -hmm. a big advocate of, you know, putting a lot of time and effort into creating right, into building your brand, especially, you know, if you've spent a bit of time in the industry and not using consumption as a way to procrastinate but soothe your you know the, your soul and feel like you're doing something good that prevents you from actually getting your your name out there and writing articles or creating youtube or, or what have you and and social media yep. is important but it can't just be social media no. so you know i believe in all that but at the same time you've got to have interests outside of this stuff and that and it, it's tough because it can't become an excuse just to mindlessly watch every bit of television possible. You can watch Lord of the Rings. I think like people like that's like the people get mad at that shit. Like the people in the fitness, you need to grind and do all that stuff. Like go get a life. Like that's, yeah. that's my first rule. It's like I read those books as a kid. I love that stuff. I just started reading them. They're fucking great. Which ones? The, the Lord of the Rings? The Hobbit. I just started. Oh, I finished yeah. The Hobbit. That's so good. The, I finished the, the first Lord the of the Rings book. The I second one I hit a wall in. I'm like. Oh. Two thirds of the way through the second one, I'm like, I need to power through. It's heavier writing. What's mm -hmm. hard it's, when the it's heavier. Is like, it's a good intro, and like, it kind of is a kid's book, but it's really in depth. It's just yeah. complete. It's beautifully but, written. Yeah, and then, so it's hard to go to those ones because it's it's very long. It's good. Yeah. It's just the Hobbit's really good. The Hobbit is almost a kid's book. 
in a it way. Is. It's it's a totally different style of writing, and it's a shorter book. And then the Lord of the Rings are very, very heavy literature. They're really great literary works. People forget that, yeah, it's fantasy fiction, but it's also, you know, really, really good literature. But we don't have The Witcher. We don't have Game of Thrones. We don't have Dungeons and Dragons. And every, we don't have Harry Potter. We don't have any of these big pop cultural things without Lord of the Rings. That was the, yep. the absolute grandfather of it all. And to a lesser degree, C.S. Lewis's uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and uh, mm-hmm. uh, that series. But yeah, the, if you haven't read Lord of the Rings, I think I've got two good reasons for you to do it. One is because it's iconic pop culture and mm-hmm. two, it's great literature. Yeah. If you want to expose yourself to great literature, there's an argument for that and not just reading you know, the latest Mark Manson book. I, there's sort of a, you mentioned him, there's sort of a joke, running joke with us that I actually hate the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Uh, but I like a lot of stuff in that space. I like Brian Holiday's work. I like Seth Godin's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jocko Willing writes good stuff. On and on, tons of really good like, personal development books in our space. There's tons of training books. There's tons of nutrition stuff. You should know this stuff. But if that's all you're doing, man, like if you want to be a writer, you got to expose yourself to good stuff. Go read some, like we're talking to John Romanello on here quite a while back. And, you know, he's a big devotee of uh, Ernest Hemingway. You mm-hmm. want to read great writing, go read Hemingway, go, re- go read John Steinbeck. Yep. Maybe go yeah. read some Orwell right now. That's kind of relevant. The classics, like anything that stood the test of time, you'll get something from, even if it's different than what other people get from it, that's fine. doesn't matter what they get from it. Just take something away. Like um, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Great. Totally. It's the shit. Oh, you, you hear that? You hear that reference all the time with successful people, mm-hmm. right? Or, or Walt Whitman, like, uh, was it Leaves of Grass? Like, read shit like that. This stuff is yeah. great classic. I haven't work. read any of those. I feel really yeah. as long as you, and that's the thing. Like people, some people they don't they don't know what to read to uh, to read, and they 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 ask for recommendations, and then they're like, oh, I'm not interested in that. Yeah, I'm like, like just find just read only what you want to read until. You like reading, then branch out from there. As we have like way to get Spencer Nadolsky's meme, it was like, I'll do anything for fat loss. And then it's like meatloaf. It's like, I won't do that. It's like, some people ask for recommendations. Like, yeah, I'm not going to read that. Like, well, then what the fuck did you ask? <laughs> like, you, you want read my some, answer or not? Read, consume something that you enjoy, that you're genuinely interested. I mean, if fuck, you want to go, you like vampires, it's you want to like go read don't Anne Rice novels, know. go read Anne Rice novels. You don't yep. know what you don't know. Like, yep. like at least try it. Like try anything once, like maybe not a dildo with the face, but maybe, maybe, but maybe, maybe. But maybe. I think that is a Mark Fisher fitness policy: is like try anything once. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's like over the legal disputes. It's like, hey, they said they're good to go. They said it. There's probably uh, some very unique language in your guys' waivers. I haven't even looked at it, but I'm glad people signed it. You signed. <laughs> they probably like you should go read your agreement, dude. You don't we even did. know what you signed. <laughs> we did sign we did sign agreements i just don't know what they said i was like all right like i'm in i'm in yeah i'm, I'm here please let me in <laughs> wait, wait okay let's let's wrap this up where, where do people find you i know i know you said you're not much on the instagrams but like what's they want to consume all stuff raj law um rajlawfitness.com is my website um i'm on facebook raj law instagram raj law fitness um yeah most of the stuff like i post is about my interests, some fitness stuff, a lot of mindset stuff. So enjoy what you, you may, if you like it, cool. If you don't, there's plenty of other people out there for you. Plenty of other good people. 
And I'll say this to, you know, our listeners too, uh, you know, if they already know who you are, then, then great. They understand why you're on here. If they don't know you as well as, as I have over some time, then go and follow what you're doing and try to pick up and absorb a little bit, bit of it because you're not, you know, the stereotypical trainer in the industry, right? You know, there's, there's a lot more, there's certainly a lot of substance there and, and it's a diverse array of interests and personality. And again, just expose yourself to, to more people in the industry. And like, I think, I can't remember Dean, I think maybe it was you said earlier, yeah, like be, don't be a shittier version of someone else. And yep. don't just like, and I certainly think don't just marry yourself to one person being your, your idol and try to follow their, their path. You know, my career is an amalgamation of learning from a lot of people and absorbing pieces but that it's still true and unique to me. So I hope anybody who's following this, who's trying to grow a brand and get their name out there, they're taking a look at the people we've pulled onto this podcast. And I mean, not everybody can be Martin Rooney. And quite frankly, it's hard. I, it would be, I would be exhausted for trying to be Martin for 10 minutes. On okay? stage, could, he's the best. Oh God, he's amazing in, in person presenting. Fuck, he's wild. And he's in great shape too. Uh, but yeah. you know, you got to find your own path. But Honestly, you can pick pieces from people and then you can learn a lot from, from all these resources. And, and I think that people can take a lot from your presence in our industry too, even if you, by your own admission, you have a bit of an understated presence here. And if someone's interested, you, know, you have appeared on other podcasts, so they can, they can pull more of your thoughts out of things. You've, you've got FitCast appearances at the very least, and it's just an easy search for that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, guys, if you're enjoying this, I mean, we've talked to Mark Fisher a couple times. Uh, you know, Dean on uh, The Pump has had Harold Gibbons on, and, and we've got some of your guys' community. Robbie Farlow did a podcast with us quite a ways back. Go check that out. He's a really fun dude. And we talk a lot about, you know, interests outside the fitness industry on that one. So uh, thanks for taking the time to come talk to us. This has been a long time in the making, and I'm glad we finally made it happen. Yes. Thank you so much for reaching out to make this happen. I appreciate it. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for the opportunity. It was so fun. And I'm glad we got the Smeagol out of you. Yeah, I was going to say, we got we, we brought you all the way out here to talk about movies and Tekken and the Smeagol impressions. <laughs> no That's <fitness>. right. <laughs> all right, boys. Thank you. Shut up and sit down.